News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Tomorrow marks the second anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Sadly, the war is still very much ongoing. Uh, earlier, I caught up with Alexander Rodinansky, advisor to President Vladimir Zelensky. I began by asking Alexandra how he would categorise where we're at at the moment in terms of the war. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It has been two years. We are in a war of attrition. We have been for some time and really became a war of attrition sort of positional warfare since end of 2022, really, and uh, all throughout 2023. So that's continuing now. It is true that we are sometimes more on the offensive, sometimes more on the defensive, and that's what you're reading from those news. But fundamentally, if you look at how the front lines have been changing, they haven't been changing much at all. We've had some gains over the last year. The Russian side, unfortunately, had also some gains more recently. But really, we're talking about vanishingly small proportions of our of our territory. There's really no breakthrough on either side. Uh, the EU on Wednesday uh, approved its 13 package of sanctions against Russia, but Germany still not providing the those pivotal terrorist missiles. Uh, the UK support may be clouded by uncertainties uh, surrounding the upcoming general election. Joe Biden unable to push through that aid package for Ukraine in Congress because of Republican opposition. Does does Ukraine feel somewhat isolated at the moment? Do you feel you've been let down by your your allies? I wouldn't say isolated, but certainly there are certain tensions, as everybody can see. There's no secret around that. We were hoping for more support and more support more quickly, and the same holds for military support. Yes, I mean we are getting what we need, but it's happening with delays. I wouldn't say that we're that we feel betrayed in any way, but but certainly there's frustration and there's there was hope in vain that we would be receiving a lot more support early on. You're up against obviously the firepower, the huge firepower of the Russian army. There are reports of Ukraine having shortages of critical military supplies, artillery shells, air defense munitions, and so on. Is it? Uh, how severe are those shortages? Shortages are there. They're getting more severe. And the problem is sort of getting more and more serious for us. And again, it's not a secret. You hear about it in the news. If we don't get the support in time, especially from the US, that has been sort of stalling more recently in recent months, then it will have repercussions, already has some repercussions on the front lines. Do you feel that the world has moved on, that it has maybe neglected Ukraine, that's forgotten Ukraine, a lot of attention on what's happening in the Middle East? Have we, in Western Europe, have we let you down? Have we forgotten about you? Have we moved on, do you think? Well, I think attention is certainly spread more thinly um, when it comes to Ukraine, because there's other crisis hotpots in the in the world. And it would be naive on our end to just assume that Ukraine would always be dominant sort of the dominant headline, no matter what, for years. Answering your question, I wouldn't say that we feel let down entirely, but we would hope and we claim, uh, we would assert that resolving this issue, helping us as definitively as possible and with you know, the utmost conviction 
and determination would help. It is in the interest of the world to make sure that we get all the support and that we can be victorious as soon as possible. That will also help resolve the other crisis areas. We we all admired your people's determination to defend their country, to defend their homeland. How is morale in Ukraine? Is that determination still there or has the extraordinary sacrifice taken its toll? Yeah, that's an important question. I think morale is still there. Morale is more, sort of the moral strength of our troops is still there. Some people are questioning, obviously starting to question what they are up against and how long the whole conflict and the war will last. And that doesn't always help. I would say the following. It's important to understand that is that at the beginning of a conflict like this, when you have a full-blown war and casualties start mounting and the shock is high, both sides, including our side, was potentially willing to compromise to find some sort of resolution to the end. And then if you don't find a solution in that during that period, you start running deeper into the war when casualties start mounting. And now we're actually very deep into the war. And what we see now is, is the reverse, is we have a lot more casualties and losses, right? And the willingness to compromise now is much smaller. And the reason for that is because people don't want those losses to have been in vain. Whether they're tired or not is just to keep on fighting in order for there to be some purpose to all of this. What you say is completely understandable and and quite noble even. But does it mean that this we are looking at a war that potentially is going to run for many years? Absolutely. That might be essentially the outcome and we've seen that throughout history unfortunately uh we we saw recently the news of the death of alexei navalny um what is your take on that and do do you believe you can ever a deal can ever be reached with vladimir putin yes unlikely is the answer to that unlikely because obviously this is a regime and this is a, a leader that who wants to push through no matter what who sees right now that he's gaining momentum, gaining the upper hand in a lot of respects. Time is on his side. That's what he's thinking, probably. That's what the Russian regime uh, analyzes the situation to be. That's what they see. I don't think we can find a deal with this sort of regime because they, they're not interested. Obviously, they're interested in subduing Ukraine and getting what they want. I will mention and answer your question about Navalny. That is, of course, yet another confirmation of what we're dealing with. But as far as Ukraine is concerned, if you were to ask us, we really, know, we really don't understand how, why people are surprised at this point. You know, what else needed to happen in order for Western powers or Western societies to feel and understand and observe that this is a regime which is sort of a hard partner to compromise or to find diplomatic solutions with? Yes, Navalny was killed in his prison cell. But does that really add any information to what we already know? If you ask anybody in Ukraine, then the answer is clearly no. I mean, we obviously know what we're dealing with. Now, Navalny did go there. He was put in prison. And if you observe what was happening over the years, it was clear he was never come, He was never going to come out. Yeah, yeah. So we think this whole hope around him as a figure was just naive and misguided. But and I and I think we've been proven right yet again. Unfortunately, I mean, we would have liked to be proven wrong on this one. Do you believe in your heart and in your head that Ukraine can still win this war? I do, I do. But it will take a lot more determination. It will t- take a lot more action. Uh, it will take a firm alliance on the part of the West. 
So it will take a lot more than currently because if if things go on as they are currently sort of um, headed, and uh, if we don't see any changes to how how developments unfold right now, then uh, it might take years until something materially changes um, in our favor. And that was Alexander Rodnyansky, uh, advisor to Vladimir Zelensky, uh, speaking to me. There is a longer uh, version of that. Really, really interesting. He's a fascinating character, very calm, measured character. There's a longer version of that interview. Uh, we'll podcast it on Newstalk.com, uh, powered by GoLoud. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk.